What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Rinko, and finally, back with me. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a long time. Christian Vaughn. I barely even remember that we have this podcast, for being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm coming back to the podcast. Uh, I, re- I return triumphantly to... Josh becoming a an international celebrity, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yep. For catching a fish that literally took no skill. So, <laughs> well, I mean, some say a that. thirteen inch smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Your most famed catch is a thirteen inch smallmouth. And uh, for those for those who um, don't follow us on Instagram. First of all, do that. Yeah, come on. If you don't have Instagram, get <laughs> do it. Do that. Uh, but also, um, Josh was on a little family vacay up in uh, Michigan and caught himself a little mutant freak smallmouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. The biggest question, uh, it's, what is it called, Josh? What's the the disease? Uh, that's it's, it's, it's xanthism spelled with an X. Um, that's the condition. So I guess you could say it was a xanthistic smallmouth. Oh, gross. <laughs> Did you get diarrhea after you touched it? <laughs> yeah, it was it was very polluted waters. Well, like, how close is was, the Muskegon? glowing. <laughs> how close is the Muskegon to the Flint? <laughs> yeah, we're getting run off. <laughs> you're getting right. You're getting, I was gonna, I, I imagine after you touch that smallmouth, you're getting some runoff. Um, yeah. Hey, before so, we get too far into it, we got a beer review. And since you don't ever come see me and don't ever, you know, come say hi, you are gonna have to do yours the next episode. Um, no, I've got one. It's oh a, yeah, you're the Topo Chico, <laughs> Topo Chico baby. Uh, no, hey, the the, bo- the boys. Oh, dude. <laughs> so the boys over at Slaunch Doctor. Uh, it's Zach. And uh, Brad, they sent us over um, some some Tennessee beer. Mm. Um, and this one, uh, Chris will like this one. It's got, um, let's see if you can see that here. Oh. It's called, called the River Dr- Drifter. Um, Dang, dude. That's cool. A, That's a cool can. Yeah, by Tennessee Brew Works. It's got a dude with a bunch of flies and lures in his hat. I almost think you should save that can because that is so cool. Yeah, well, they sent us two beers, actually. So they sent us this one, and then they literally sent us a can that's a quart. It's a quart of beer. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they messaged us and said they expect to see you shotgun that during the podcast. <laughs> hey, don't tempt me. This is this is a little bit of uh, a little bit of the legend of. Well, let's just say I, I have at one point in my life. Uh, I, I bonged a 40 ounce of beer. <laughs> it was malt liquor, but I bonged a 40 ounce one time. It was pretty, uh, I thought my stomach was going to explode, but I kept it down. I can form. imagine that probably wasn't a great experience. Well, uh, it was pretty legendary for those standing around me. Paid, I the, paid the price. 
I walked into the restroom like it was no big deal and just was like standing in the bathroom just like (laughs) it was was I'm sure that was disgusting. I'm gonna pop this bad boy. It's it's a hazy IPA. Um and we we don't have any fancy um you know tasting um description on here, so we're just gonna have to go with it, see what we think. So Oh, there we go. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, so, anyways, so back to the back to the story. He's Josh caught this disgusting freak of a smallmouth that had this <laughs> disease that uh, caused it to be very discolored. It was uh, orange colored. It wasn't even like you know uh, the when I when I initially caught it. For one, you know, if you've ever fished the Muskegon River, you know that it's a uh, um, pretty diverse in its species because it's connected to Lake Michigan. So you get uh, a lot of different species of trout. We've definitely, uh, I don't think we've ever actually caught a brown trout out of there, but we had a monster follow last year. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of like king salmon, caught a rainbow or two in there. Um, it's uh, It's got a lot of fish, different type of fish. Musky, I saw a huge musky when I was there last time. Uh, caught some, we, we've both caught pike. So when I hooked this thing and I saw the gold immediately under the water, I thought to myself, like, whoa, what what kind of species did I hook that is not a smallmouth? Right. And uh, it hit a buzz bait. It was the first fish of the morning. It was like 530 in the morning. Danny and I just got on the jet and went on the trolling motor to the opposite side of the river where the house was because we caught at least two fish on that bank every morning. It was like a good bank threw the buzzbait out they were sipping on top which was a really cool um pattern sip the buzzbait saw the goldfish and i'm like whoa what the heck is that must must caught a trout pulled up and uh it was very evident that this was a smallmouth, and i had no idea what it was i i didn't even realize how rare it was until i you know i talked to some people but i was like i've never seen this i've never seen yeah i'd never seen it either yeah, I'd never, I'd obviously never you caught one. You sent it one. to me and I was bewildered. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what, 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 what am I seeing? What is this thing? It's crazy. So, yeah, well, that's what, um, uh, <laughs> I was kind of like, I was, uh, doing an interview today. A guy was asking about it and I was like, honestly, dude, it was so early and I was so tired. I was like, am I like dreaming still? Like, am I, am I in the upside down? You know, like what's, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anyways, I had Danny take some pictures of it. I got a release video and a video of me holding it. So there was no, you know, dispute because right. clearly I knew people would say it's Photoshopped, which it, it has happened after about 500 comments I read through. I yeah. finally found one that like, oh, that's Photoshopped. That's not a real fish. Surprisingly, the most common one was people being dead serious that it was that's not a beautiful. bass. It was a goldfish and that yeah. it was just because I was holding it like a bass is why it looked like a bass. <laughs> Bunch of geniuses. Yeah. There's yeah. Some... I was like, they're like, well, how do you, how do you know it's a bass? He's just, just cause he's holding it like that. And I'm like, oh Classic. my Lord. Yeah. yeah that's real good. Really a high, high level of intellect coming along with that comment. But yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. good stuff, man. I, I it got picked up by Field and Stream. You've got, you've mm-hmm. been interviewed by a couple of uh, local news stations and stuff like that, which is kind of it's wild 
that i mean well i guess i i understand the the confusion and why it's interesting i mean it is an interesting thing i've never seen it before so you know i get it it's just josh and i were talking today and i was like you know you could go out and catch the coveted 23 inch smallmouth and probably nobody would really care but you catch this little you know goldfish and you hold it like a bass and then everybody's interested so. i think part of that is it's kind of undeniable right it's so different that it's like in even people's nature they want to say like oh i've caught one like that before it was funny this guy's like yeah i caught one like that and he like posted a picture on the thread and it was like just this really light like yellow smallmouth, and <laughs> he got roasted if <laughs> you were like not even close but like you catch a 23 inch smallmouth, and a lot of people think oh well I've done that before when they really have not, you know, done that before. That's true. So there's some subjectivity of how special a fish it is when it comes to size. But when it comes to like a freaking neon orange smallmouth, it's kind of like, I can't deny that, you know, that's pretty, pretty unique, pretty special. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, of course, and this is a, this is a, a quotable statistic that I'm making up right now. It's a one in a million fish i mean it really is like i mean you think about all the fish that we've caught you know and we've caught quite a few you know all the guys that we know all of their combined fish all the fish that you see posted on the internet i i have never seen one before so i mean it's it's an extraordinarily rare thing um very very interesting the the question that i think that all the listeners probably have right now is um did it taste any different <laughs> yeah i took a bite of it raw <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i would have e- i i i immediately did ask josh i was like so you're where are you gonna mount it <laughs> <laughs> dude tons of people were like oh i would have kept that and put it in an aquarium and sure you know all kinds of stuff which you know after i caught it i ended up catching a my second 20 of the trip later on that morning and honestly i was way more excited about that than i was that orange one it it <laughs> wasn't until after i it wasn't until after i got back and started like texting a couple of people and then googling it and i'm like oh wow this like there's not like any of these out there there's like i saw one news article from 2018 on the muskegon mm-hmm. of a guy that had caught one but it wasn't even near as like vibrant is the one i caught it was like orange but it it didn't like that one i caught was like very very bright orange yeah um pretty cool so, man pretty you cool. know very cool go check out um you know if we've been talking about it for 10 minutes but go go check out our uh instagram page smallly talk podcast all one word on instagram and uh go check out i think you posted it on a chigan brand too didn't you yeah, I put on both. Um, yeah, go check it's it definitely out. the most famous thing that we're known for. So yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and I'm gonna ride those coattails. <laughs> you there. definitely need to ride the coattails. We're gonna milk this orange smallmouth for a decade, dude. <laughs> dude I mean, everybody's been asking, are you gonna get an orange smallmouth tattooed on your right arm? Yeah, I should. <laughs> You're gonna become orange smallmouth guy. I am orange small. Well, you know it was really funny. So, and this is we can talk about this. This will be the last thing I say about it. I knew it was sort of getting uh, like like people were finding out about it because we did a um, a survey on Sugar Creek, a shock survey with Dr. Sweeten, who's a former 
guest of this podcast. Friend of the friend of the show. Yeah, and we go get down the river, and he has like three of his students. Two of them already graduated. One of them was a senior, and we just go down there, and we're like introducing each other, talking on the podcast or talking uh, about the podcast and about Achigan and stuff. And the guy's like, "Yeah, you know, I saw just the other day, man. Did, you know, I saw a guy. He caught an orange smallmouth." And like <laughs> Andrew goes, "That's him. He caught it." And the guy like looked at me and he's like, "Really?" And I was like, yeah, that was me. He's like, holy crap. He's like, I can't believe that. Your orange smallmouth guy. His name was Herb, the guy that saw it. And he was a redhead. So he shout out Herb. He probably had an affinity for orange smallmouth, same color as his hair. Shout out Herb. What's up, brother? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's just, you know, to be fair to Herb, uh, he's probably, his brain is fried. He's been on electroshock (laughs) therapy for for years. Dude, you can. I'll talk about it. You can feel it. We yeah, had way. Why don't we go ahead and jump right in? I mean, honestly, yeah. like we've it's been so long. I mean, dude, we, we have so much stuff to talk about. Yeah, we've got and we're not going to tournament failures to talk about. <laughs> we've got. We're not. We're not going to cover everything. Yeah. Uh, because we I'm, have. Okay, can we squash some beef right now? I'm effing peeved at you for bringing why? Jeff Little on this podcast when I was absent. You didn't even ask me if I wanted to record. I was. Up in You're right. I didn't. You were on vacation. I was trying to leave you alone. Dude, come on, bro. Jeff coming, Little on the... He's coming back. He's coming Jeff back. Jeff Little, you know, one of the ledges in the did game. You, did you even listen to that podcast yet? Of course not. Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> because no, if you listen to it... I did listen to it on the way back from Michigan, and I was... Yeah. Ashley's like, did... Oh, Josh did a podcast without you. I was like, yeah, he actually, he actually did too. <laughs> I yeah, felt that... I felt the need to do podcasts because we were, we've been like not putting any out. And I kind of was like, man, I need to do a couple. And I didn't want to wait until you got back. So I was like, and honestly, Jeff, I didn't even tell you this, but um, we were, I said, I want to do it when Chris isn't there, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was messaging him about uh, the Susquehanna because I'm going to a tournament there. Uh, Everybody knows that, Josh. They've been listening. The people that listen to the show faithfully. They can pretty much trace where we're going to do fishing trips because if we bring a guest on that seems somewhat random, we're more than likely going to do a fishing trip to that yeah. person's area in the very near future. <laughs> That's the only reason we have him on. <laughs> no, but he had, he's like, dude, I only have one day I can do it in the next three weeks. And he's like, it's tomorrow night. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I selfishly actually wanted to uh, talk to him like get more information out of him. You thought maybe yeah. a one, a one V one. And I did do. There was some, he'd open the cheeks, open the kimono a little bit dude, for you. There was some good, there was some good stuff in that podcast. Like when he started talking about, um, like clear water and like not moving your lure and so, dude, that's stuff that nobody does that. If you, if you can really like show some discipline and do, it can yield some crazy results. I will never forget the time. I always, we were, I always talk to the boys about that. You know, I know. Well, we I'm were on the big believer in that. Let the we, let the natural materials of your bait, the the shine on it, the things that these bait companies build into it, the things that you build into your flies. You know, the rubber legs, the chenille, the the feathers. Let that stuff do the work for you. You know, as anglers, we try. At times, we try to do too much. You know, we try and earn that bite. You know what I mean? But sometimes you just got to let your bait work for you. 
So. Well, and I would say you and I uh, know to do that. And at times we do really good at that. And then other times we suck at it um, when we're like anxious. And usually the times when you get anxious are the times when you need to do it the most. Sure. Um, but uh, I'll never forget a time we were on the Wisconsin River. And you and I and Danny and Dustin, I think, were on that trip. Um, and Or maybe one other. Maybe Jeremiah was on. I can't remember. The one where you flipped over the kayak lost my walkie-talkie you still owe me a walkie-talkie by the way that's what you're concerned i can't believe the bullshit i'm dealing with i lost two five hundred dollar setups in that kayak you're gonna bring up a a sixty dollar cobra walkie-talkie dude i still later get out of here i still have the one I still have the one, and I always think about that when I have. I was like, "Well, it'd be nice to have two of these guys." You ever, tur- you ever turn it on and just hope somebody's? Hey, I found the- what? I found this. I found this walkie at the bottom of the Wisconsin River. I can't believe it. I've been waiting eight years. Anyways, well, go ahead. Yeah, no, I remember. I you may know what I'm getting ready to talk about, but they were on a very specific bite. Hey, we're getting a little bit of echo. By the way, turn your thing down a little bit. Or your microphone might be facing the... Okay. Um, they were on a very specific bite, and I was talking with someone, and I was like, give Chris credit. I mean, he he 100% figured out the pattern. And it was a spook in, like, slack water near current, but you had to let the spook sit. And you had to let it sit for, like, you know, 45 seconds to maybe even a minute. And I remember Dustin was struggling with catching fish and Chris like went over and was like kind of showing him and he just, he couldn't get it. He wasn't getting it. And I remember watching you said something like, yeah, I tried coaching Dustin or whatever. And he was like not letting it sit long enough. And I went over to the next one and I did that. I let it sit and it had a, we had those feathers in the back of them. Right. Pretty sure they were Indiac angler specials. I think red and white ones. Yep. We let them let the feathers sit and dude, and it was like you would just sit it there and like not move it. And dude, after like a minute, you just get a hit. Like it was crazy. And you mm-hmm. wouldn't think with the spook that you'd be able to do that, but it it is very effective to let things sit and it it's hard to do. You know, it's hard to let things sit and uh, that's a, it's, you know, it's easier said than done, but that's something, if you want to take a tidbit from this episode, that's a tidbit to take. That's your one shot. That's, that's your, just, that's your <laughs> one shot at getting something useful from this episode. Yeah. So. yeah. Let your lure sit, whether it's a net rig, whether it's a topwater lure, whether it's a, you know, a boogle bug or a streamer or a fluke. You know, if you watch me fish a fluke, which I do a lot, I mean, Chris will attest, like I... I let it fall for long periods of time. Like, and I would say half the time I get them on those sort of pauses. So it's powerful stuff. It's irresistible at times, but uh, the terrestrials are the same way. The boogle bugs, you know, the game changers, all that stuff, the long, you know, if you're, you know, if you feel like that's something that they should be eating, you know, you got to vary the speeds. You know, you got to burn it a few times, a pop, pop, pop. You know, and then if that doesn't work, then you go to a, you know, a 
15 to 20 second pause, you know, something like that. You got it, but it's just difficult to do it. Difficult to stick to it. Especially in a river where the rivers, unless you have a, someone on the oars and you, you, it's hard to hold a position, you know, in a specific area for that sometimes. Um, so it's challenging. It's not easy. And there's a reason why, you know, it helps you catch more fish because a lot of people aren't willing to do it. So, right. Um, yeah, little tidbit. So, uh, so anyways, the... so get back to the um, to the uh, what were you? Oh, you're getting ready to tell us about the uh, your your uh, tournament, right? Uh, the tournament I'm going to fish, or the tournaments I did fish. Now, what were we talking about before we t- took this long digression? We were talking about Jeff Little and how you interviewed him and how it was a good interview because you're getting ready to go. Well, to I was, yeah, I was trying to just kind of, well, one, I was text messaging him to try to get some info on the uh, Susquehanna. And he did give me info, but uh, I knew if I had him on the podcast, I could kind of direct the conversation a little bit more and maybe right. get some like, because uh, the Susquehanna is historically low right now. Like it is super low um even lower than it was a couple years ago when it was supposedly the lowest it's ever been um so it's going to be a lesson in low and clear fishing which i think i'm pretty good at so we'll see uh we'll see what happens but um yeah i got some i got some little i got some little hacks i'm going to be doing during that tournament um i got three days to fish to pre-fit practice so you're going to take your, take your new kayak, the Hobie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got it. A couple things rigged up on it. I got a couple more to do. Um, really simple stuff. Got a bow anchor and you know, dude, you're going with a wild ass crew out to the Susquehanna too. I'm, Oh, I know. I'm stoked to hear the crew, the stories from the crew. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wild ride. So it is going to be a wild ride. I, I would say, uh, it should be fun though, man. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we go fishing, like especially you and I, we're sort of responsible for organizing and, yeah. um, you know, there's a more than just going fishing. You know, we, we got a lot out on our shoulders, like planning and stuff. This one, man, it's like pretty much solo for me. I'm taking all my own stuff. I'm driving up there by myself and I'm going to have five days of unadulterated, just fishing right. and it's going to be fun. I haven't done this kind of trip in a while. So what are the, uh, when are you going? I'm leaving Tuesday. Uh, probably leave in the morning. Wow. I'm see if I can catch this, the, uh, dusk bite, um, on Tuesday, if I get out there quick enough. Um, but for sure, I'm fishing. No Cravens, Ryan Van Tyne. Um, who, uh, who else? Brad Oswalt. Brad Oswalt. And- Huge Christina Fitch, Fisher fan. Because <laughs> her uh, name's Christine, but not Christina. But... Oh, <laughs> uh, I should know that, but I don't. But it, who's the other one? Andy Not. Andy Not. Oh yeah, Andy's great guy. Yeah, Andy's great fisherman too. So. And uh, you have good. I think Indiana's going to be well represented. Those are some good. Get some good good boys headed out on that. Headed out on so. that. Uh, Ryan's not from Ryan Van Tyne's what from like West Virginia or something. He's from Pennsylvania. Is he? Like, so you got a uh, you got a good crew of Indiana part. guys going out to represent. So yeah, I did a a wet boy get together thing. I don't know how many people's going now, but there was like twenty five or thirty people uh, that were 
um, signed up to go. Uh, it's at a dock, Dockside Willies. So if you didn't see that on uh, Facebook, um, Thursday, 8 o'clock, Dockside Willies. Just a bunch of wet boys getting wet. So bring your chacos, bring, <laughs> bring your chacos and uh, stickers. It's going to be a, it's basically a uh, magic, the gathering or juggalo <laughs> type event for wet boys where you could just exchange stickers and awkwardly stand there and make small talk while all so, wearing chacos. So it's going to be sick. So, uh, so I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to put something on there about like to like be provocative. I was going to be like, uh, whoever well, I, can, be. I'm in favor of you being pro- provocative. Said, who, whoever I was like going to put like, whoever beats me in arm wrestling gets free beer. That's oh, gonna, hell yeah, bitch. That's what I was going to put. Cause I haven't beat, I haven't been beat in arm wrestling as an adult. So, and then I was well, looking. You're talking through, about Southpaw, right? Only left hands. No, I do right hand. I do right hand. I go oppo. So, uh, yeah. no, I uh, I was looking on the the list, and there's a guy going that was a former UFC heavyweight, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't put that out there because I would have at least been buying one beer. <laughs> I think you should put it back out there, and then you should. Anytime you sit down to really throw down, you should turn your hat backwards. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just an homage to Sly. Um, so you were gonna, I think you were gonna talk a little bit about the fish survey that you did on Sugar Creek too. With Dr. Yes, we, we've done uh, several, um, we've done several fishing trips uh, since then. So we'll talk about those. But yeah, we did a, a fish survey just a couple days ago. It was on Tuesday. And, um, Basically, uh, our podcast centered around um, Jerry Sweeten removing a dam on Sugar Creek in Crawfordsville. And uh, kind of the way they do that is prior to the dam removal, they do a uh, survey of all the fish upstream and downstream of the dam. And then after they remove the dam, they do that same survey. That's episode ninety three. If you guys want to go back and listen to the episode, yeah, and they compare the two. Um, turn your volume down, dude. I'm getting a getting an echo there. Um, so when he was on our podcast the last time, um, he had mentioned to Chris and I, like, "Hey, I'm going to be doing a shock survey. Um, you know, if you guys want to come, you know, you have an open invite." And, uh, my, you know, our buddy Andrew Ruder is a, an ecologist out in that part of the state and he ended up getting in touch with him. I don't know if he ran into him or what, but, um, he basically, uh, did the survey and Chris couldn't go. Cause I think this was like a couple days after he got back from vacation. Yeah. Um, mediation that morning. Yeah. So we went and basically did the, um, uh, survey and all, all it is is they, Sometimes they'll have a boat. This time they had a, like a little, like a, almost like a tote, like a big uh, sled looking thing. And it has a, like a gas motor in it and a bucket, you know, for all the fish you get. And then hooked up to the motor is uh, some kind of generator that um, puts an electric 
current into the water and there's like these poles these guys hold and they shock the water um, and everything in the vicinity of it, you know, theoretically will turn up and, and I, Andrew and I were netting the fish. That was what the thing was. And initially I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like pretty quick. It was not quick. And, uh, it was actually a lot of work. I was wearing waders in 90 degree weather. Um, cause you couldn't not wear waders. Cause as soon as your skin touched the water, it would, it would get you. Um, and basically we netted fish for like six hours and, uh, yeah, we went up upstream and downstream. We kind of zigzagged the river to get a full representation of all the fish. It was really cool. Um, I will say that there's a sugar Creek is a, a, a very healthy, um, fishery, um, especially for Indiana, even, uh, compared to some streams out West, it's really healthy from like a biodiversity standpoint. Uh, there's a lot of like smaller species of fish. That I did not know the names of, and I did not know how to identify them or anything. And now I know quite a bit about it. Um, I will say the most prevalent bait fish in that river is the spotted shiner. So, if you're, uh, and that, that's like a, probably a 10 to one ratio. Like that's what's there's in a, there. There's a little hint for the wet boys out there. Yeah. Listening in. Spotted shiners are very, very prevalent. And I would say they average anywhere from the biggest one we saw was maybe three inches long to like an inch long. Um, so pretty small. Um, Shocked up some smallmouth, a lot of young first year smallmouth, which I, I'm pretty sure we had a good small in this year because there was a lot of first year smallmouth. Okay. And, and a little tidbit, here's how you can tell if it's a first year smallmouth. They call them tri tails. I did not know this, but the tail of the smallmouth is three distinct colors. It's clear, brown, and yellow. And uh, it's like almost like looks like they painted it that way, but that's how if if a smallmouth's tail is just three distinct colors, that's a first year smallmouth. First year um, meaning that they were born like two months ago, or first year meaning they were born like a year and two months ago, like two months ago. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So these are yeah. tiny little guys. They're like yeah, a couple inches long. Um, yeah, if that. Um, and then uh, we shocked up a ton of like. Rough fish, red horse, carp, um, no catfish. Um, g- we got several gar, one pretty big gar. Um, uh, the, the, it was weird. Some of the like more mature fish you could tell besides the like carp and stuff, they like were hip to the game. Like you could see them spook. And it was, they were saying it's actually good to have a little bit of mud on the water because the fish don't right. hear you coming. Um, and it was so clear and low that, I mean, just think about how close you can really get to a big small mouth when you're just even floating down the river. Right. You know, it's pretty tough. I think it would be tough to get within 10 feet, you know, of a big small mouth. Uh, yeah. So we didn't really, we shocked up. There was like a, um, uh, like a root wad that was next to this current. And I was like, I bet you there's a small mouth in there and the dude stuck that thing in there and one floated up from underneath the root wad. It was like 13, 14 inches. That was the biggest one. Nice. Um, 
but yeah, it was fun. It was cool. Uh, it's good to see guys doing work like that. Like that survey is not mandatory. Um, so it does, there's no kind of, uh, regulation that says they have to do it. They're doing it just for the scientific evidence. Um, it took were back. these kids from Purdue or Manchester or where were they from? All from Manchester. So that's where Dr. Sweeten was a professor for a long time. Yeah. So. Um, and yeah, we just got to, one of them was eerily, eerily uh, similar looking to Ryan Fisher to the point where like in the middle of the day, I'm like, I wonder if they're like related or something because look just like the dude, a dead ringer. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun, dude. Lucky, we had it. Lucky him. Huh? Yeah. He's, I hear you, he's Ryan. A, he's a beaut. He had a, had a face of an angel. Um, <laughs> Body of a goddess. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty awesome, man. I, I really wish I could have gone. Um, you know, it's it just you know one of those things, dude. Especially like Josh and I are both kind of you know we're small business owners. So when you go away for a week, there's really nobody to do your work for you. So when you get back in town, you know it's kind of incumbent upon you to kind of get get the ball rolling again. Um, so obviously I had, I had some stuff going on. Otherwise I would have loved to have gone. Um, so I'm a little jelly about that. I'm probably more jelly about that than your orange smallmouth. So are you? Yeah, probably. I would yeah, have loved it, to have done that. I, I would say this. I Andrew was my... probably like a, like a pig to slop out there. That scientific little bitch. He's yeah, probably you out know, there. So they didn't do any surveying of invertebrates at all. It was just fish. Um, and Andrew is out there, uh, you know, doing his Andrew thing, picking up rocks, turning stuff over. Dude, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever done that on sugar, like intentionally. So he was picking up rocks in the middle of the river. Every single rock that we were picking up had multiple stoneflies on it. Yeah. Yeah. I like I've that. never done that. I was like, dude, that's crazy. And that's actually one of the things that Dr. Sweet was saying was very indicative of it being a, clean waterways like those things aren't going to be in something that's polluted Um, interesting well that's good that's good to know um yeah yeah, man well um i I guess so other than that i know you fished you fished a big tournament on white river and i don't think you did very well right it was not a great showing how did um i fished two and neither one of them are really big per se they were just the same series one of them i did piss poor and the other one i got fourth and i feel yeah. pretty good about the fourth place one okay so, yeah. so that's been since the last episode did you talk about those in your hobie episode i could i think you might have talked about one of them i did i talked yeah. about both of them so no need to rehash those uh the fourth place one i felt i felt good good about um i fish on i finished first place during on that day you know um the only people that beat me were people that fished different days and it was clearly fishing different. Um, but shout out to our boy, Nick Necrelli got second place. So, Oh, hell yeah. Nice, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Freaking crushed I mean, it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it, he's not going out to PA with you, right? No, he was, uh, originally thinking about it, but, uh, he backed out. So, nice. uh, little, little, uh, a little disappointed in that because he would have been oh, a, he would have made it even wilder. 
Oh, dude, that would have been that would have been too much for your for your body and mind. You'd have you'd have come back like just absolutely demonized. Could you, could you imagine Ryan Van Tine and Nick Nacrelli meeting in real life, dude? I would want to videotape it. It's like it's like something in the wild that you would like put a trail cam on, <laughs> just like seeing seeing how they like look at each other and like sniff each other. You know, they're like checking each other out. They're either going to be best friends or just terrible enemies but, mortal uh, enemies <laughs> yeah so um and then you obviously did your week-long vacation up to uh or not not a week i think it was like four days up to the muskegon and then you and i did a, a little fishing trip i mean we've d- dude it's just been too long i mean we just really need to be more cognizant about getting these things put together and and doing it it's just you know man there's no good excuse for it so um but I guess since- we, did, we had a pretty we had a we had a morning of uh, when we you and I went, we did, you know, some live streaming that morning. I was going to bring it up and talk about it. And then as soon as I brought it up, I was like, I don't even want to talk about it. We're it definitely going to talk about it. Uh, so uh, the day before I had went out with my brother-in-law, uh, Matt Kidwell, and uh, just completely destroyed them. Um it was like, and I only went until like maybe 11 or so. It was just lights out. And I had messaged Chris and I was like, hey, you know, I was like, you know, what you doing? And he, you know, cleared a schedule. We ended up, going, it was, I think it was a Sunday. It was the very next day. Yep. And I was like, surely they're going to be doing the same thing. Took the jet out. First time Chris has been on his resurrected jet. Um, and I ran up. I got and, back inside my old bitch. <laughs> by the way, I don't know if I told you. Uh, I felt like it was running kind of sluggish that day, uh, like top end. Um, and I checked. There was like four huge rocks in the intake that entire time we were using it. By the way, really, I didn't even yeah. notice. I, I, well, I just. I was looking at I, the I think speedometer. You more when you drive. Too. Yeah, I was looking on the speedometer, and it was like instead of running thirty, it was running like twenty six. You know. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, and that's why. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, we got out there. And um, the day before, you know, caught some in the morning real early on top water and some fluke. Fluke was king that day. And uh, and then I had sight fished a couple of fish and broke a real nice one off. So it was like, you know, as the day wanes on, we need to start, you know, looking for some cruisers because, uh, the long-eared sunfish spawn is still currently going on, by the way. There were some beds with with fish on them uh, when we were out there on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's a really good time of the year to catch smallmouth kind of cruising out in the sun in those shallows. You know, you yeah. see two or three big smallmouth kind of cruising around long-eared sunfish beds. So. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we had a very slow start. I'd caught a 19 the day before went up there. Didn't really do much, um, where I'd caught that fish. We, we did catch some, but it wasn't anything overwhelming. It's kind of like one of those things. It was kind of like, all right, you know, let's, and then about that time, Chris spotted a, a big one cruising and I'll let you tell it from here. <laughs> it was just weird, dude. It was like, it was one of those days when they were eating and there was literally nothing you could do to put a hook in them. I mean, it was like, Oh, it was weird. We called it the magic trick bite. 
Yeah, like, they would just they would eat it. The fluke or the game changer would disappear. You'd set the hook into just air. I mean, it was like one of those days. So, in that context, I think Josh and I had probably already missed twenty five fish, yeah. and we had tried a very you know a litany of different. <laughs> presentations of a fluke and different baits to kind of see, you know, cause we nose hook those flukes a lot of times. So we, you know, I tried a game changer with a rear hook on it with a stinger on it. You know, I tried, uh, we tried a crank bait at one point we tried, you know, uh, like skin hooking a fluke with like a big, um, offset hook or something like that. It just, there was nothing we could do to put a hook in them. So anyways, I spot this big fish and I put the bait out there. I feed it. It comes up and eats, disappears. I give it the one count, set the hook, just absolutely nothing there. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a big fish, pretty devastating, but you know, whatever. So then I, about five minutes later, spot another one. Couldn't get that one to eat, but we're like, okay, well, we're spotting them. So we kind of know what they're up to. So then, you know, about five minutes, it was maybe 10 minutes after that, we're floating down. Josh has a fish on a little fish and I kind of cast up behind him because you know every once in a while you'll get fish that you know will follow the fish that you've hooked or whatever and I'm just sort of not really paying attention or whatever and a 20 comes up I mean as a giant comes up and and consumes this fluke but like didn't really fully eat it just kind of grabbed a hold of the tail end of it and swiped at it you know and then just sort of hung around. And I mean, we were 10 feet off the boat and I just kept killing the fluke and it would come up and nose up and then turn away, come up and nose up, turn away. And I mean, it was a giant Josh and I are both freaking out. Couldn't get him to eat again. And then I ended up losing. <laughs> I missed another fish that was easily 19 to 20 inches about five minutes after that. So I was a pretty salty dog by the end of the day. I mean, it was, that was about when we called our quits. That was about when we called her. Yeah. Cause I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing we could do to put a hook in them. I mean, we were getting a lot of eats, just not a lot of connections, you know? So, so anyways, that was kind of that. And I, and then the next week Josh left and he was gone um, to the Muskegon, which I think by all accounts was a great, you know, we love that river. It's a great river, but, uh, Josh, well, from, did you catch two 20s, several yeah. 18s, few 19s? Yeah, aside no. from catching that orange smallmouth, it was an awesome trip. And we did kind of one of those things. It was a family vacation, cool cabin right on the river. And uh, we didn't really fish much during the day, so we just kind of, except when we were kayaking with the kids, I would obviously fish. Um, but, like, Danny and I would go out in the mornings and the evenings for, like, an hour or two or three, you know, depending on how good the fishing was, but it was phenomenal, man. I mean, if you are looking for a place to go that is Northern, uh, and it has a good smallmouth population, nobody smallmouth fishes up there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, it's an awesome place. Um, around new way is where we go. So, uh, yeah, had a great time. Top water bite galore. Uh, caught a bunch on a fluke and uh, kind of a wake bait presentation. Um, but dude, it was just one of those trips. I'm like, man, I wish I was here, like really doing some hardcore fishing. But I got enough out of my system, you know, that it, I was satisfied. It felt good. Like I said, caught multiple 18s, uh, 220s, um, and a dude, shit ton of 17s. 
a ton, a ton of centipedes. And they're strong up there too, man. They're very, very strong. But, uh, and then, so the week after Josh got back, I went up and uh, with the family, we went up to Lake Huron. Uh, We did like a week long trip up uh, on Thunder Bay. And, you know, Thunder Bay, I don't know if people aren't familiar with it. It's kind of known for uh, shipwrecks. So it's like, you know, I think that there are like 200 shipwrecks right there, like in that area. So it's kind of a, an interesting area. They're like, you know, it's uh, on the northeast part of Michigan. You know, it's a uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Most people go to western Michigan, you know, Lake Michigan, Traverse Bay, like, you know, all, all up and down the coast on Lake Michigan. But we really couldn't find a place that fit with the number of people that we had going. So, you know, we booked this place in Alpena, Michigan. Uh, highly recommend it. It was really cool. It's actually kind of known as like a brown trout fishery, like out in the bay. They have like a brown trout tournament up there and um, – Anyways, the people were great. It's not super touristy. Uh, so it was kind of just like a small town feel, but they had like just enough like tourist stuff that it made it, you know, interesting and cool. And there's always stuff to do. Um, but in the way of fishing, um, you know, the Lake Huron in that area, it's obviously it's known for shipwrecks. <laughs> so obviously the lake can get pretty rough and stays pretty rough. You know, most mornings we would get up and there wouldn't be a a tremendous amount of chop on the water or anything. But by, you know, around noon every day, it would be rough enough where you really wouldn't want to be out on the lake until, you know, closer to the, you know, to sundown. Um, But most mornings we got up, did some fishing. It was tough to figure out, um, you know, most of the area around Thunder Bay is kind of, you know, pretty desolate. You know, it's not, it's not a ton of cover, you know, that kind of thing, but there are like shallow flats, you know, which contribute to the number of shipwrecks, you know, it'll, it'll get up, you know, you'll go from 30 to 40 feet and then there'll be, you know, flat that's maybe a quarter mile long. That'll be six feet deep. So that that's kind of a frequent thing that you see around there, but, you know, not too far away from our house was this little island that was like a quarter mile off the shore maybe in in one area but it was it was maybe a a three or four mile run from the harbor and again zero bass fishermen the entire week um but anyways we pull up on grass island and it's just filled with birds i mean there are probably like ten thousand seagulls that make their nest on this little island so you know that was kind of cool we pulled up immediately and we saw a seagull eating another seagull which was disturbing but Anyways, so we start fishing, you know, all kinds of carp out there. I mean, just like we started seeing fish right away. Um, And we kind of quickly figured out that, like, there just weren't a lot of smallmouth up in the shallows. Like, I think if we were going to be really successful out there, we were going to have to find, like, 15 to 20 feet of water and just, you know, sort of find isolated boulders and fish those out. But we really didn't have any charts for up there. We couldn't figure out how to get charts for the hummingbird for that area of Lake Huron. So it really wasn't a very good option. You know, we were just sort of trolling around trying to find drop offs and that kind of thing and and isolated boulders. And we ended up finding a few fish. And it was one of those things like if you could see the fish, you could catch them like one of those types of deals. And I think in all, I caught, I caught two twenties up there. Uh, I caught a night, a little one, a one that was like 19 and a half that was like 
pretty big. Um, and then I caught, you know, several 18s. Uh, Danny caught several 18s. But, you know, ultimately, I think every day we went fishing, I think the most fish that we caught any time we went out, I think I caught four fish um, one morning, which was like gangbusters. I mean, we were, you know, not not killing it by any means, but the two 20s I caught were giants. I mean, they were like really, really big. So, um, so that, ma- that made it fun. And they were weirdly, both of the 20s I caught were nested. So they were both on the nest in like late July or mid July, at least, um, you know, just nest guarding their nest, you know, in probably six to seven feet of water. So what, uh, what, um, what was the water temperature there? It was like 68, um, 66, between like 66 and 70, I would say on the surface. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it was in, and the water was great as far as like just getting in and that kind of thing. And I mean, there were, like where we stayed, there was a shipwreck that was like 300 yards away from our house. We dove down, you know, it was an eight feet of water. So we dove down and got to look at that. And the kids thought that was awesome and tubing and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, and then the last day we were there, we fished the, um, Thunder Bay river. So there's a wildlife sanctuary there in Alpena, which it's like a no wake zone, which was very cool. There were like, deer and loons and all kinds of animals and stuff around there. And we, and we kind of motored upstream uh, a good ways until we found a spot where the current started again. And, you know, we caught a lot of fish that day, but, you know, I think probably 30 or 40, but nothing very big. Um, so anyways, it wasn't a tremendous fishing trip by any means, but it was fun. It was different. Um, you know, and if you're, if you find yourself in Northeastern Michigan, you know, on Lake Huron, it's certainly possible to go out there and, you know, catch smallmouth and yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, that's cool. It's a neat, so it sounds like uh Traver's Bay was better fishery overall. Well, just, yeah. I mean, just based on the two, the two areas of those. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there are like areas in Lake Huron that are phenomenal. It's just, you know, it wasn't really you know, in the cards for, for where we were staying and, you know, it was a family vacation. So, you know, if I wanted to fish every day, I better not have been gone until noon every day, you know, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that particular area, that Thunder Bay area, I mean, there were fish. I I mean, I'm sure that somebody who fished it all the time or had, you know, a better concept for Lake smallmouth fishing could probably have gone out there and done just fine. It's just, with my skill set, I think we were in the the limited amount of data that we had regarding depth and that kind of thing. I think we were pretty limited. Um, yeah, mm. it was cool though. It, it was, you know, I think it was, uh, I, anytime I do those types of trips where I'm like, you know, it's something very foreign to me and, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know the area at all. I don't have any Intel on it or anything like that to go out there and be able to kind of somewhat figure it out and catch a few big fish, you know, I mean, tw- they're twenties two twenty 20 inches I caught that week. So to be able to go out there and do that and figure them out, I always find that to be, you know, pretty rewarding. So yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, while we're on this topic a little bit, I wanted to give a shout out to, um, I don't I have no idea how to pronounce this dude's last name. Jay, uh, Prescrat. Um, he was the dude that won the Bassmaster tournament on uh 
the St. Lawrence River. Oh, dude. Uh, you know he's been waiting for this shout-out. He's, yeah. wait- he's been waiting for this shout-out for months. Well, we could probably get him on the podcast. We should try. Uh, I mean, it's very relevant to smallmouth. I mean, he had a... Uh, he had the biggest, you know, four day total of smallmouth, 102.4 pounds of smallmouth. Crazy, <laughs> just nuts. Uh, they averaged over five pounds, um, which is just insane to think about. Um, I watched that on Sunday. I'd send it to Chris. I don't know how much you watched it, but um, I watched some of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was cleaning the house and stuff, but I had it like, on my phone and on my laptop, I was watching it and that it was pretty wild. I mean, those guys were catching so many four pound smallmouth, dude. And they were catching those four pound smallmouth, like and throwing them back and not even weighing them or anything. It was, it was absolutely insane. Um, it was weird though. Cause it, it made me realize how hard it is to come by those like real, real big ones. And when we've gone up to the upper Mississippi, same thing, right? You're like, yeah, there's all these huge smallmouth, but like those 20s and 21s are pretty rare. 21s yeah. are really rare. Um, For sure. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, a lot congrats. of... That was a big... That Every year they do that tournament near Thousand Islands, it makes me like... Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little curious about it. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, lake fishing's not our thing per se, but um, I think... It's it's definitely interesting. Um, I, I I could definitely find myself doing it a, a few times a year. Uh, it's it's be pretty fun. So so we do have some reviews on the podcast. Wanted to uh, oh I saw up. I saw one in particular. Yeah, I mean um, I don't, we don't have to read them, but <laughs> no, we got one. Uh, this one's from I'm allergic to avocados. It's called These Guys Get It. Listening to this podcast is like having an ice-cold orange fago on a hot summer day. All the meanwhile, your wife cranked up that ICP from 6 to 9 on the AM-FM radio. <laughs> oh, my God. It's refreshing, insightful, and it is a pure delight to listen to. 10 out of 10 every time. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's a reference to our many, many comparisons between our listeners and fans of the notorious juggalos the icp <laughs> insane clown posse uh all right this one is called uh this one's from fishing midwest 933 it's a five-star review listen up youngin are you looking to be a certified wet boy looking to get your river game steamy and slick this podcast will have you handling big wet smallies like your mother used to disgusting <laughs> Uh, and this that one is, is from that is terrible. Yeah, it's gross. But you know, I'm not gonna just read this. I'm not gonna not read it. You know, especially yeah, right after review where guys comparing our listeners to Juggalos. We true to form. <laughs> we come back in true Juggalo form, and yeah, you know, pretty gross. All right, uh, this one is from C N H F C V G H G. I'm sure that that stands for something. He's probably laughing his ass off about it right now. <laughs> it's uh, the title is respectfully mediocre, so that's a good start. That's a that's a. We should put that on our on our podcast on our bio page. It's respectfully mediocre. All we right, got five we go. out of five on that though. I'm pretty it sure. is a five out of five. Josh is mid classic gear fisherman fishing for clout his brand is all right 
ordered one of those wet boy shirts and my nips immediately tore two holes in it. Hashtag big <laughs> nip energy. Chris Vaughn, a legend, a true class act. He commands the podcast, keeping his lesser co-host in line. Tight lines, if you will. Great <laughs> podcast, long time listener, first time caller. Oh my gosh. Can't imagine who did that review. <laughs> I don't know, probably probably a dear friend of mine who, <laughs> who senses my my desperation. But uh no anything uh anything new in your box, brah? Oh dude, I got a ton of stuff here. I, I uh I oh, rated wait, this podcast for the time being is brought to you by River Rat USA. Drift yeah. the rat. Yeah, you can't spell raft without rat. You sure can't. Um, yeah, so I'll do some highlight here because I bought a ton of stuff. Um, hang on. All right, well, while you're doing that... Yeah. I'll no, just, I got it right here. I'll just All announce right. to the podcast that my boat, the long-awaited boat, is being sent to paint tomorrow. So nice. I'm Ch- hoping... You made a last-minute change, and I don't like it. I'm not gonna lie. What? I, I it was your I, suggestion, dude. You I suggested said, I said, that. I said green. No, 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 no. You said black, and I said, oh, don't you yeah. don't you think that it's gonna have a bunch of river stick on it? And you said, I think it would look very freaking cool. And I said, oh, so I think doing, I like green. You're doing and then gray. Flash forward six months later, and I'm just like, I just want my fishing bro to think my boat looks cool. <laughs> Well, I thought you didn't. You say you were gonna do your gray, like a charcoal. No, it's, I said it's gonna be bla- a black exterior and a dark. Oh, I thought it was gray for some reason. I sent you. Uh, I sent you a picture. I think. I think black. If I could pick one uh, color to paint my boat, it'd be black. I think it'll look sick. So yeah, I thought it I was gray though. Nope. I thought. Oh yeah, maybe I was just looking at the wrong thing. I like it, buddy. It's gonna be sick. We got to come up with a good nickname for. <laughs> oh my lord! I can't believe you just said that, dude. <laughs> oh my god. So I've got this is a weird thing. I've got a um, my neighbor is a like kind of an older like hippie guy. You know, I've got like. I've got two really, I, my, my neighbors are awesome, but, um, my one neighbor, his, his daughter is like, you know, kind of a hippy dippy type. And he's kind of just an older, very meek, nice gentleman. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> we got back from vacation and this particular neighbor of mine was, uh, helping feed our cat. And, uh, we have an outdoor cat like an outdoor cat that we give food to. And he, he's an absolute murderer of animals. But anyways, um, so we go over to the neighbor's house to drop some cookies off. And my wife comes back and she's like, you're never going to believe what our neighbor has. You know, those like lawn jockey things with like the little lantern that are. Yeah. Terribly racist little things. I was, like, I was wondering where this is going. He's like, she's like, he's got one. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I like had to. It was like one of these weird things. He's like, she's like, no, it's like a center. Like I don't ever go over to his house or anything, but she's like, yeah, it's like right by the front door. 
Well, oh my God. You believe that? I mean, I, 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 people just don't know, I guess probably, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what made me think of that. Oh, but he anyways. knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the worst. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, does he? I hope not. I hope it's an ignorance. I don't know. So, so you got, you got the black beast coming. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> you got the black beast coming. <laughs> there we go. Uh, then uh, uh, what else? You you get anything else? I heard you boys ran out of netherigs like a bunch of rooks up there. Like what the hell? Like we did have to make several runs to Dunham Sports, and there. I here's the thing. Like I looked up the town where we were going, and I'm like, oh, there are like five bait shops in the town. So like I, I really didn't make any like effort to go buy gear because I was like, I'll just get whatever I need up there. Failing to realize that like nobody bass fishes up there. So I went in there and there's like a bunch of planer boards and like walleye shit. I don't even know what they're up to. Really? So, yeah. I mean, we made do, we found some stuff that worked, but um, yeah, not ideal. I would have, because of the depth of the water, I would have loved to have just had like a, a whole box filled with like quarter ounce jig heads, but I just didn't have it. So, huh. Well, I bought a bunch of stuff uh, in my box, um, but I would say this is probably one of the highlights. I found some discontinued live target crawls, and uh, uh, you can see that. So this is going to be a little susky killer. A little old school. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So those are still the lipped ones. Those are are those truly discontinued? Yeah, they are. Um, so the reason I bought these uh, is because Jeff Little literally said they're the most effective crankbait on the Susky bar none, period. Like, no question about it. I mean, they were, um, they're tremendously effective everywhere. They are. Their live target crawls are awesome. And I bought a couple more wake baits on eBay that I found while I was at it. So I have nice. some crawl wake baits. Um, uh, and I have, and by the way, that's on that tournament, that last tournament I got fourth in every one of them came on a crawl wake bait, every single keeper. Um, so they were hammering up at least in the morning. Um, nice. but yeah, I bought a bunch of stuff, but we're not going to go over all that. Cause I have way too much crap. Uh, spent way too much money on it. Yeah, I, mean, so. I bought it. I have a bunch of new tackle too, but yeah, it's not worth getting into. I I've got, yeah, just some. You know, other little other little knickknacks coming along, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for your boat. Uh, me too, man. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited about it. So, be doing some double jet trips here in the near future. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that's be true. Um, and you guys are, how's you guys are releasing your new T-shirt tomorrow, right? Oh, by the way, you can still go buy Smalley Talk uh, podcast T-shirts from. Kind uh, of. Cheap... We okay. have like not very many left. We have like maybe, I don't know, maybe like three short sleeve left, and then we have like five or six long sleeve. But they're like weird sizes. Like thank small. you for thank you for all the homeboys that procured for themselves a small. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get some more. We're gonna get some more shirts. We'll restock. We had people asking uh, when we were gonna get more, so we'll we'll reorder those for sure. So if you're you know, itching to get one. You didn't get one on the first round. We'll have a second round coming probably, you know, this fall. 
So. Kind of astonished that they sold as well as they did. I mean, pretty, pretty great, man. Appreciate, Boy, appreciate you guys. Don't don't be doubting the Wet Boy Nation, dude. They show out. Dude. I'll never do it again. I'll never and, doubt you again. And uh, uh, a decent chunk of those proceeds are going towards the podcast, so we can, you know, um, I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but we're gonna. I'll tell you exactly. Try, what try to make do. the show better. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pay Nick Necrelli to lay naked in the studio so we can eat sushi <laughs> off of his body. That's what we're gonna do with it. <laughs> you would do that for free, dude. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, man, uh, let's do this again. Let's do one soon. We'll do one next, maybe next week. I'm going fishing on uh, Sunday. Well, I'll be and, back uh, from the Susquehanna, so we'll definitely have to do one. I, I mean, am gonna you, do a when uh, you hoist so- that trophy up above your head. Just <laughs> look out at the audience and point a single finger at the camera and that will be directed towards our listeners. I'll probably do a Susquehanna Hobie, uh, preview episode if I have time. Um, and if you want to join, you can, but it's going to be kayak fishing related. So don't know if you'll be game for that, but, uh, other than that, yeah, we'll do one when I get back and talk about if I met my lofty expectations for myself, it represented the uh, the podcast well. So, what's your t- what's your goal? Like, if you had to put, you've a- already asked me that. This, that so. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, for heaven's sakes, it's my podcast. <laughs> I, and viewers, I can ask you a question multiple times. Let's hear. You know, things have changed. You've got some intel now. You've got your live targets. You're. I can feel that you're 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 filling up with blood a little bit, so to speak. You're getting a little ready for this. So what's your what's your target here? What are you thinking? You know what my, the water conditions are going to be. Ultimately, you know, top five is my goal. Um, Lofty, yeah, top five. But I would say top ten percent. I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disgusted with myself if I did top twenty. Um, so top twenty, and they that's that's their cutoff for payout. So if I cash a check of any kind. You know, I'll be able to sleep at night, okay? Um, but I think, you know, it's hard to say, man. I, I will say the one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of doubt, there's a lot of local guys out there that know that river. But I will also have three days to fish it. And I feel like if you put me on any river for three days so I can establish a good pattern, I will find some fish. But it's going to take... Uh, it will for sure take over 90 inches per day. It's a two-day tournament. Uh, so probably like 92, 93 inches a day to win it. And if you average that out, that's a pretty freaking tall order. So um, we'll see, man. I mean, I know there's a ton of like talking with Jeff and watching videos, a ton of like those like 17 to 17 and a half inch smallmouth. So like those are not going to do it. Like you're gonna have to get 18s and 19s, and probably if I don't catch two 20s at least during the tournament, I'm probably not gonna be top five. So um, that's the that's the goal. So we'll see. I have some very strategic plans about how I'm gonna go about it, but it might all blow up in my face in practice, and I might not. None of it will work, but I have a plan. So we'll hey, see. that's half the battle, you know, but. You know, the plan, you know, being, uh, adjust the plan. You know what I mean? 
go out yeah. there. Call me, call me for mental support. Cause I'll tell you, I, I will tell you that you're worthless such that you must catch fish. I, I have been known to call Chris during tournaments. So, um, I very likely will do that. Um, and I fully expect him to be texting me during the tournament, uh, and keeping an eye on the leaderboard. And if you don't, we will not be friends anymore. Oh, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on the leaderboard. I got to see, I got to see how these Indiana boys and Andy's not fishing in the tournament, right? He's just fishing for fun. I don't think he is, but I'm not a thousand percent on that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's like I said, it's low and clear. I think that's my, that's my, uh, not the worst situation for you. I don't think. No, I think, I think we're, we're set up for success, but I still have to establish a pattern and, a lot of water to break down you know it's intimidating i'm sure so so much so much more habitat than there is in our rivers but i've been there before so i i if i hadn't been there before i would not feel like this i've been there before for four days i know what it's like i know what to expect and i think given the fact that i've been there before and i kind of figured it out i fished with i fish as good or better than anybody there including juan um and I felt like pretty good about it when I left. I was like, yeah, I can hang with these guys like that are pretty seasoned fishermen. And there was also other guys that weren't, you know, great river guys that I smoked. So I was like, I felt pretty good about that trip four years ago, different conditions. I think better conditions for what I do. We'll see. So, well, we're rooting for you. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, And as always, uh, free the fighter. Free the fighter.
Oh me, oh my! Look at that fish!